everyone welcome to another episode of experiencing motherhood single and black i am your host kim and i'm so excited that you have decided to tune in and listen if this is your very first episode welcome if you are part of the community here welcome back i really appreciate each and every one of you for taking out the time to listen If you missed out on last week's episode, definitely go back and catch that. I got a chance to sit down and chat with Sierra about self-care and the holidays. It's always so easy to forget about ourselves when we're busy trying to take care of our kids and other family members. So we literally broke self-care down, okay? If you have been listening on Apple Podcasts and you've been finding these episodes helpful, please pause this and take a moment to go and leave a review. If you are listening on SoundCloud, you can simply leave a comment after each episode and let me know what you thought about it. And as always, feel free to share the episodes with your mom, friends, family, anyone you feel that may benefit. I think a lot of times people, you know, look at the podcast and think, well, it's for single moms, but actually I have tons of listeners who are married and single, like they don't even have any kids and they still find value in these episodes. So again, just please share when you do that, it helps other people to find the podcast and then it also increases opportunities for sponsorship so that I can continue providing great content for you guys. All right, thank you in advance. And today I get to chat with Jaleesa about good touch, bad touch. She had a situation at the daycare which made her feel like we needed to have this discussion in our community because it's not only happening at the schools but listen we're preparing for the holiday season and your kids are going to be around family and you just want them to be aware so definitely stay tuned before i get into this episode i just want to let you guys know that this week i am actually traveling on my first international solo trip i'm super excited about that so if you're not following the instagram page at single black motherhood go ahead and do that i'll be sharing via my insta story what's happening i'm kind of nervous because you know fear of the unknown but then i'm also kind of excited like i'm finally doing this i've always kind of wanted to do a solo trip but i just never took it upon myself to do it i guess so anyways we are here and um, i'll be in columbia for thanksgiving i won't be doing like a traditional thanksgiving my daughter is gonna be with my grandma and enjoying her time there so I actually get a mom break and some self-care for me it's like one of the only times out of the year where I get a break because as you all know I relocated to Houston and I currently do not have any family members there to help me out as far as you know just keeping my daughter so I never really get a break um, until the holidays when they're out of school So anyways, uh, (laughs) without further ado, let's get into this episode. Hi, Jaleesa. Welcome to Experiencing Motherhood Single and Black. I am so excited to have you on today to discuss good touch and bad touch. How are you? 
Oh, I am great. Um, I'm glad to be here. I, I just want to share my knowledge, my experience with other single mothers and inspire them to talk about those things that, you know, we don't want to talk about. So let's get started. Awesome. So tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, Delisa. So I am a single mother, of course, to an amazing, resilient six-year-old boy. Um, I have been thriving with a single mom thing, approaching like six years now. And I am an inspiring entrepreneur. And last but not least, I'm an advocate for raising awareness for child sexual. Awesome. So, Delisa, how important do you think it is to teach your kid about sex? Um, it's actually very, it's a very sensitive and complicated topic to bring up with your child, but it's very important. Um, and I feel like it's mandatory due to the world that we live in and the exposure that our children are you know, the things that they see on TV, mm-hmm. Facebook, and even just the parent interaction. So um, I feel as if, as parents, we need to expose our children to sex versus the world exposing our children to sex. Yeah, I totally agree. It, it's so important. And I started doing a little research um, myself to figure out the appropriate time to teach my daughter because you know growing up we didn't have talks like nobody sat down to tell us about the different body parts and that nobody should touch them and so on and so forth and so um if you're a mom out there and you don't really know how to have that conversation with your kid um i suggest that you start you know doing a little research by googling you can also search um teaching your kids about sex on Amazon and quite a few books will pop up and I normally read the reviews and see what other parents have to say and that's how I decide what books I'm going to purchase. What about you, Delisa? um, Is there something else that you do um, as far as, or I guess is there something that you did before you actually um, started talking to your son about sex or did you already have in mind what you were going to say? So I just look at it was things that I wasn't, I wasn't taught about good and bad sex or sex or anything in that matter. So anything that I wasn't taught, I had to learn on my own. I rather, you know, teach my child what I didn't know. Yeah, so for to sure. Piggyback, to piggyback on the books, I actually have some good recommendations as far as books to read for your child. Um, they have helped me to just bring up the conversation. So I can I can give you that information so you can leave it in the link or yeah yeah for sure um and I have a book too that I use with my daughter and I will put that in the show notes as well so you guys can just um refer to the show notes but definitely I think that sex is something that you know kids should always be learning and you introduce more and more information um as they grow older And I've learned, too, just from my own experience, when you expose your child to this topic, it comes off more positive and kid-friendly versus they learn it from somewhere else. Yes, and it's much easier when they get older to, you know, be comfortable talking about it with you. Yes, yes. So um, it's a very big thing for me. Uh, I think it should be something that every mother every parent, every single mother, because we put our children in, 
you know, daycare facilities. We may have family that watch our children and they're, they're not always with us. So they're with someone else and, you know, what they should do when they see signs of this, you know, and they should be able to tell you. So I want to bring awareness to that. Awesome. So what age do you think that we should start teaching our kids about sex? Some studies say we should start as early as the kids as the kids begin to talk and learn their body parts, I mean, you can start by teaching them basic terminology, such as penis, vagina, just like you teach them about arms and legs. How do you feel about that? Because I think some parents don't want to take it a step further and teach them that. And to be quite honest, I didn't start teaching my daughter uh, probably till she was like four, like last year, maybe. When it comes to like you know the difference in her body and a boy's body and I was listening to what what um, made me start was because I listened to a podcast and I'm thinking it was Janelle Stewart um, she talked about this because her daughter I think she's three or four and she has a brother he's older and she was asking about his penis and so that's when she began to um, talk about it. And so we don't have a male in the home. You know what I'm saying? And so McKinley doesn't ever see like anybody other than the little boys at school. So I just want her to be aware too. How was it for you? Or again, like what do you think um, or what age do you think the mom should actually start talking to their kids? So for me, I have a boy. So it's different you know um, we don't have the same body parts I started as as early as three his vocabulary became a little you know uh, what can I say more bigger or whatever Um, I was I told him that me and him did not have the same body parts Um, I've also gave him his terminology you know age appropriate terminology for him to use and it wasn't as hard because he's very um, affectionate. So that was one thing that I was really big on. Okay, I see that he he's a hugger. So I have to let him know that you have to ask people can you hug them, you know, or be affectionate towards them. Because, you know, pedophiles, if they see that in a child, they're going to take advantage of it. So exactly. I know I had to expose that. I had to expose that thing to him early. So... Um, and then due to the gender, uh, you know, the boy, so a little different. Yeah. So did um, he ever have any questions about your body parts being different from him? Do you dress a certain type of way because you have a boy? I'm just going to be honest and tell you guys that, you know, my daughter, she asked about breasts, you know, and like if I have to shave, like, I mean, she's literally like always around me. She asks, why am I shaving? And why is there hair there? You know, like just, she is so curious. And so I have, I have to like explain those things. And it's like, I just wonder if little boys are as curious as little girls. Oh, it's to me, it's actually worse. Like what, once again, I know my son is going to be a lover. So, you know, women with the breasts, he loves it. He likes to lay on top. Like, and I just tell him all the time, like, the love that you give people, give that to mommy, you know? And you have to ask people, can you love on them that way that you love mommy? So um, he's very, boys are, uh, how can I say, a little managed. <laughs> so you have to 
I feel like it's really big for them. Like you have to explain to them that your body part is different from a girl's body part. You can't touch girls that way. You can't lay on people's breasts and stuff like that. So, you know, it's, it's, it's hard, but yet it's easy because you don't want them to grow up to be managed neither, you know? So. Yeah, for sure. Now, has he ever asked about how babies are born? My daughter has asked me that. And honestly, I didn't know how to really talk about that not in ready. an age-appropriate <laughs> manner. I, I, I'm really not ready for that. I okay, because... <laughs> I like, I literally... You know, maybe, <laughs> I am going to purchase this book. I, you know, I was doing some research for this podcast and I was trying to figure out, you know, what we should actually focus on. And this was one of the things that came up. And so I was like, man, I haven't even talked to my daughter about it. And she's asked me and I kind of like got her on another topic. I didn't want to lie and say like the baby came from God or it came from the storks or, you know, like um, (laughs) something like that. Because when I was doing the research for this, it said that you should actually teach them about eggs and sperm. And you can have it as basic as, you know, mommy has an egg and she gets, you know, the sperm from daddy and da 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 And that's it, you know, just super basic. And so, uh, again, I'm still not that comfortable talking about that. So I'm going to purchase a book. Um, <laughs> y'all stay tuned to, like, read to her about eggs and sperm. <laughs> I'm not ready for that at all. I think it's more age appropriate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they have it. Um, they have it for you know kids that are like I think even toddlers or maybe like you know that stage right after the toddler stage. So they have age appropriate ways to discuss how babies are born. I just say, hey, you came out of my stomach. They had to cut me wide open, and you came out. And then you said, oh, okay. And yeah, let's leave it there. I don't want to talk about that <laughs> right now. <laughs> I don't want to open that bag of worms. So. Yeah. So I don't know. Again, I'm just going to try to find a book that will allow me to have that discussion. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah. I'm just like trying to stumble over my words like, oh, girl, I don't know. <laughs> again, I don't want to lie and say that it came from like a store or the baby was just lying in a manger like Mary had Jesus. No, that's not how it happened. <laughs> that's not how it happened. But anyway, huh? <laughs> I think I probably t- told that joke. Like, you, you know, you're a gift from God. That's how Jesus got here. Like, don't ask me anything else. <laughs> please. Okay? <laughs> please oh, my don't. goodness. <laughs> but, yeah, um, and like you were saying earlier, if you don't teach your kids, they will be taught it elsewhere. And that information from the streets may be incomplete, incorrect, and actually may be dangerous. So you definitely want to make sure that you're taking that time out to educate your children, um, as well as educating yeah. yourself. Because um, since we're on the topic of, you know, how babies are born, and this is not something that I thought about earlier when we were talking, Jaleesa, but um, there's a new, like, well, it's not new, but back when I was, I guess, growing up about to go to college, um, this vaccine called Gardasil came out, and I had no clue. My grandma had no knowledge, and so when the um, OB told me about this vaccine um, that protects against HPV, I had no clue, you know, and so I didn't ever get it. And so now HPV is super duper popular and people still don't know about it. So 
just my little tidbit y'all go google Gardasil because if you have kids and I think they can get this vaccine as early as like nine or ten um and it protects them against uh, several strains of HPV so please y'all if your kid is out here you know they're curious and you know kids are having sex in elementary now so please um I had this conversation with one of my co-workers and she um got her daughter the vaccine she didn't know about it at first and I mean, we work in healthcare. So again, just Google um, Gardasil and Google HPV if you're not familiar with it already. Oh. So back to the conversation. I just had to throw that in there. But um, this is something I found also. So at age six, I think the kids' bodies begin to change. And so they have questions about it. And so I think that is, you know, a good age to kind of start talking about, um, you know, it's just if you have girls you know like breasts well my daughter asks about breasts already so you know we kind of have that conversation <laughs> she's ready but like, for maturity huh huh puberty. she's ready she's ready for puberty and ready listen to sure, she, she asks so many questions i'm like are you gonna be a little scientist because she <laughs> always has questions but i hear that from a lot of moms with girls though they always ask so many questions um but at nine, you can begin to introduce sexism because, again, you know, kids are having sex in elementary. I literally had a conversation with a mom. She's a teacher here. Um, I think she was teaching in Houston um, ISD, and she was from Mississippi, too. And so, you know, we're not used to, like, the fast life. And so she literally caught two kids in the hallway and she was like, she didn't know whether she should stop them or go get somebody. She was just so shocked to see that, you know, because we, <laughs> we didn't have all that going on back in the day. So, um, yeah, like, it's crazy. But, and then, yeah. like, so you introduce it at, like, about age nine. And then from, like, age 10 to 11, you start talking about, like, sexual choices and safe sex, including preventative measures. So, studies show that children make better choices when they know the risks so if you know they know about pregnancy and then they know about the consequences of pregnancy um they will want to protect themselves and then um this is not like you know sex related but you can also start at that time to kind of begin to explain internet safety and you may have to even do that a bit um sooner because you know so many kids have phones these days so they're not aware of like sexual predators um and things of that nature and how about you know the youtube channel that I yes watching, you, yeah it's animated but it's actually inappropriate i've um actually seen a couple that i had to block from my son's um, ipad because i'm thinking it's like a cartoon and it's doing something else and i'm like no this is not he knew it was wrong because he told me about it of course but it's just why that's the exposure I'm, I'm, I'm talking about like my, my son was able to tell me about this inappropriate video that came off as an animation you know so it's very important to just talk to your children about those type of things good and bad touching you know sex all of that even at the age of five you know, um, if they see it, then they'll know, oh, mommy told me not to watch it. Mommy told me not to look at this, so I need to tell her. So I think that's very important to uh, educate the child about it. 
Yeah, for sure. I totally agree. And like you said, you can actually block that. So for those of you who don't know, you can actually manage your kids YouTube's account. And um, then they also have YouTube kids too. So that's another thing that you could look into. Um, But (laughs) yeah, 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 for sure. Now, when we're actually, you know, teaching them body parts, and I guess age appropriate terminology, um, what are some things that you have taught your son? I know we we touched on this a bit earlier, but um, besides penis and vagina, do you go into more detail? Um, like, I guess, um, as far as the vagina, you know, you have the vulva um, and, and different parts of the vagina. So do you go like, you know, into the scrotum and all of that? Or um, do you just keep it like simple? So lately I have it because he's, he's changed, his body is changing and he have talked about parts that is itching. And I'm like, why, you know, why is it itchy? Is it just not a dude? Does his hair develop as early as six? Like, and it can happen. I think um, the pores start to open or something in that matter. So they, he's really itchy down there. So I have to t- tell him that it's going to be here. Oh, he should have seen this. Um, it, just once I told him, they're like, oh my God, I'm going to have hair down there. And I'm like, yes, like, you know, that's part of growing up. But it's, I wasn't ready to talk about that. Neither. I, was, I was in disbelief. So I'm like, why are you itchy? Are we cleaning down there? We changed the soap. We did all of that. But I noticed um, when I looked, on his, um, you know, scrotum area, it was like hair bumps. Oh my God. <laughs> I know I'm not ready. I'm not ready at all. But, you know, life happens. It's happening. Yeah, it does. And then we just have to go with the punches, okay? <laughs> yes. So I told him that, and I'm still just trying to get ready for the next stage like you have to constantly stay prepared for yes and prepare your mind too because that is like i'm like look you're gonna have hair down there no worries you're just gonna keep cleaning properly and let's not talk about it no more (laughs) until i'm ready So, Julissa, what do you think may actually happen if your child isn't able to describe a body part when he or she is not in a place with you? Um, For the most part, I try to go over those things. Um, Let's just say at the age of three when I told him about it, right? He, I gave him age-appropriate terminology. Um, he knows what comes out of those parts. So, um, you know, his, he wasn't able to say penis. So I say, say wee-wee or pee-pee. And then if you have to go the other way, say number one, number two, you know? So it's, it's kind of hard to explain that because it's, it's kind of where I, I taught him those things at three, what comes out of it. No one should touch it. Say no, <laughs> you know, so kind of a hard question to answer. Okay. So I will give my thoughts on that. So I feel like that if you don't 
tell your child how to describe their body parts accurately um whenever you know they're explaining to somebody what happened just just say for example my child in her case you know if she is referring to her vagina as i don't know um but jj or um what's some other words that people use i forgot between i think my grandma like taught her between and i you know we had a whole discussion about that and i was like ma'am you will not teach my child to say that and mckinley you know better so do better mm-hmm. i know my mom told you this but that is not what we say because if you are at school and you have to tell the nurse she's not gonna know what a between is okay she's not gonna yes. understand that and so i think that it's important because you know if they're trying to tell somebody that somebody touched them in an improper place and they can't describe it then they won't even know what what's you know they won't even know how to understand them especially if you have the kids that are like three because I taught McKinley very early like what her vagina was um Mm -hmm. even though I didn't necessarily go into the other child's body parts until like uh last year I did you know start teaching her about her own she knew what breasts were she knew what a vagina was I mean you know all of that so yeah that that's my thought I think it's more receptive when you tell them what comes out of it because then people will automatically know what they're saying like yeah and see I didn't even think about it in that way my number one and my number two I think that's what I told them um once again boys can be like a little (laughs) extra yeah so I just told them like hey this is your number one and number two don't let nobody touch number two or so when he stated, you know, I have to go to the bathroom, I have to do number two. So people knew what that meant. I think that's more um, at that age is age appropriate because they know what comes out of it. They know no one should touch it. They know where they got to go to release that, you know. Yeah, I can see that. But again, you know, just me and my thing, I taught my daughter very early on. <laughs> like what the body parts were because I didn't want any confusion um but you know I say do what works for your child and yeah now when we talk about like teaching them about you know the difference is between like vaginas and penises how do you teach your child do you teach them that a boy has a penis and a girl has a vagina or do you just say that people have vaginas and people have penises i teach them the girl and boy concept okay so let me (laughs) no go ahead it's it's um the confusion of it (laughs) won't be in the way if you understand now um some people teach some people have male parts and female parts I I don't believe like I want to say hey this is a girl she's different she's just like mommy you're just like daddy that way okay and so I was teaching my daughter basically the same way but I came across this article where because we are living in a society where people can change sexes that they don't want us to identify genders with body parts so they recommend that we teach penises 
<laughs> and vaginas belong to people versus men and women because um, what happens is just say that um, a little girl or boy went through a sex change and I don't know at what age this starts, but they may, um, you know, have some girl characteristics, but they may be identifying themselves as a man. So it's like, you know, then your child really becomes confused. So it's like, at what point do we actually draw the line in teaching them this? It's so, that's a touchy subject. And I know some people are probably going to raise their eyebrows, but it's just like, this is something that, you know, we really have to think about. And again, you know, during my research, I found that, you know, this is like happening. It is. Um, this is true, and I really think it's based off of the way your spirituality can be, like how you want to teach your child that this is happening. It's it's a very touchy topic. I just tell them that um, everyone is different. You have to love them the same way. Some may look like you, but act like a girl. You know, some may you may see girls, but they look like boys. But they're you still show them that same love. I I just it's hard to explain due to yeah, because um to be a homophobe. I'm not yeah. to be a homophobe. I just want them to be, just love them regardless. But just the it's touchy. I don't you know that's something I didn't want to bring up. But oh, it's okay because it can be confusing. Yeah, it can. I just wanted to bring it up because, um, you know, I just wanted to know. And moms, if you're listening, please let us know what you do when it comes to teaching your children um, the differences between a penis and a vagina. Let us know. Um, But what I was going to say is that we were at a grocery store and there was a guy with a crop top. And so he still had his guy characteristics and you know my daughter she's so loud and she's always asking questions so of course really loud she was like why does he have on that tight shirt and it's so short and I was like so embarrassed okay (laughs) like I I did not know what to say I was like please be quiet right now (laughs) right right that's the only thing you can say like um for instance like my my son's aunt on his dad's side you know she's married she has a wife she looks like a boy but she has girl parts and one day he asked her because I told her I said I'm going to leave that up to you how you want to tell him the situation the dynamic of that I don't know how to explain that um so she said you know mommy gets to get her haircut at Miss Kathy which is my beautician Oh, she get her hair cut and um, it's Kathy, but you're going to the barbershop like I do. So why are you doing that? And it's like, she mm. said, I, he had me stuck. I didn't know how to explain that. And I'm like, that's why I left that responsibility with you because I don't know how to explain it either. You know, so he knows that his aunt has girl parts, but she looks like a male. So. And I just tell him to love her regardless. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah, that would be so tough. So to finish, you know, what I was saying was that I told her to be quiet and she was like, why, why do you want me to be quiet? And so I was like, just be quiet. And so when we finished making our groceries, we got back in the car. I told her, I said, you know, McKinley, that was a guy and people can choose to wear the clothes that they want. You will meet some people um, that look like men, but they will dress like women. And that's totally okay. That's how they choose to live their lives and left it at that. So she, you know, thought about it for a minute, but I just turned some music on and she didn't ask anything else. <laughs> so yeah, that is how we handle that situation. But I don't know if that was the proper way to handle it, but that's what I did. Now, I guess moving along into body boundaries, um, how do you actually teach your son about those boundaries? I know you mentioned earlier about the number one and number two, like, you know, you tell him that nobody is supposed to touch him there. But if you go a step further, um, is there anything else that you teach him about, you know, his body boundaries? So to piggyback on what I said with him being affectionate, and how he shouldn't give his love to everyone. <laughs> um, I always tell him, you know, in order, you have to ask people, can you hug them? You have to ask them, can you touch them before touching them? And they should do that. They should reciprocate that same, uh, the same thing. So with that, he has that concept in his mind, like, I can't just touch this person without asking, so he'll ask for a hug, or he'll ask to hold their hand. And I told him, and I also gave him an example, I actually physically did this. So if someone touched you like this without asking, how does that make you feel? And um, with that concept, he's able to identify his feelings, if he feels uncomfortable or not. And then two, because I told him, don't you know, if someone should act first and I just, and, you know, with me physically not acting, just touching, he knew to open that door to say, hey, I'm going to tell my mom about this. I'm going to tell an adult about this. It can be annoying sometimes because it's kind of like that's when the hitting portion when they're at school and someone hits him, he tells everything. Like, well, this person hit me. You know, if this person touched me. But that's where that concept comes from because I told him, don't allow no one to touch you. You don't touch them. If they do it, you know, how does it make you feel? And if it makes you feel uncomfortable or you don't like it, that's when you tell someone. Or tell that person, no, thank you. You know, so that's, that's how I use the concept of that body battery. Okay, that's cool. Um, for me, I kind of teach my daughter that, you know, if I just name the different places, like, you know, nobody should be touching you here, there. Um, and if, like you said, like, if it makes you feel uncomfortable or like scared, um, you know, any of those type of feelings, then you need to let mommy know. And um, there is a, a rule that I found called the underwear rule. And you can Google that um, as well as the swimsuit rule. So if they have worn swimsuits, um, and this is for girls again, you know, cause I have a girl, so I can, you know, I can speak for the girl and you can speak for the boy, but um, anywhere that is covered by her swimsuit, 
she should not be touched in those areas. And so I was like, oh man, I need to have this conversation too, just to let her know again, you know, um, when she has, cause now she has swim classes, so it makes a whole lot of sense. So the parts that are covered by your swimsuit should not be touched by anyone other than your mommy or grandma or your, you know, your daddy or any of, um, you know, our family that she normally stays with, like my auntie, um, my mom, and just, I just went through naming those people. I'm like, anybody else should not be touching you um, in those places. So that's kind of how I talked about um, body boundaries. But then, um, you know, we talk about good touch and bad touch. So what does that actually mean, Jaleesa, when you talk about what is good touch and what is bad touch? Because some people, it may be their first time actually hearing these words used. So how I explain good touch and bad touch is um, there are appropriate ways of showing gestures or of thank you or love in a good way and in a bad way. So um, good touch is a hug or a handshake or you hold hands with someone. Bad touch is if you um, when you hug someone without asking or bad touch is when you touch them in a place that is a swimsuit rule or, you know, whatever concept is, you know, use. that's one of the methods I use as well, swimsuit. Um, bad touch is when you touch yourself in an inappropriate space, you know, uh, and other people see you. Bad touch is, that's another thing that I use. Bad touch is when it makes you touch somewhere. You need to cut this part out. Those are the, the those things that I that I mentioned is what I wanted to end up about. This. So the difference, what I taught him as far as good and bad touch, of course, is the appropriate way of showing affection. So if you ask someone, can you hug them or a hand gesture or hold hands or that's a good touch. Bad touch is when you touch them in that private area. Bad touch is if you don't ask. You know, I, 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 I'm going to keep preaching that, just asking someone to be in their personal space or touch their personal space because, once again, um, pedophiles look at that like, oh, you know, this person, is, this child is very affectionate, so I can feed off that. Um, bad touch is when you touching yourself in a in a not a not so appropriate place you know um so those are the things that i talked about as far as good and bad touch with my son okay so um let me just go back a little bit because i forgot to add this but when we're talking about the swimsuit rule um you know we should go a step further and also like tell the kids that those areas are private but then also discussing about like people touching them too much right because um, I think a lot of predators start by like rubbing a child's back or touching their hair or you know doing any little things like that and so the kids think well it's okay because it's not my private part you know what I'm saying but once again is that act did you ask me can you touch my hair right you ask me don't touch me so once they, they have that, that they concept, know mm -hmm. they know automatically like okay 
this person didn't ask me to be in my personal space, so I'm going to raise an eyebrow. I don't feel comfortable with it. It makes me feel uncomfortable. I need to tell someone. So um, that's something that I stress a lot. Yeah. So, yeah. So explaining what safe touch is, which, you know, is good touch and then um, empowering them to be able to say no and keeping those lines of communication open so that they can come to you if they are having issues. And so you brought up something that, you know, people may feel a different way about because like, I'm trying to be like, um, or not trying to be like, but trying to practice like positive parenting and so one of the things that I have been doing more and more research on is this whole like you know teaching your kids sex thing and so one of the things that I found was that you know I was finding my daughter teaching her I mean touching herself and being curious and I'm like well are you itching down there like what's the problem and sometimes she's just like rubbing herself right and so I'm like I don't want to teach her that's bad because, you know, um, I don't know, like religion, whatever, but um, I did read about how positive it is to teach your kids to explore their bodies. They just should not do them in public. And so when they do them in public, then that's when it's a problem. So it's like, you know, it's okay for them to touch their genitals or private areas, but they should do that in the privacy of their bedrooms and Janelle talked about this too on her podcast and how her son you know he's a curious little boy I think he's five or six Mm -hmm. and so she taught him that it was okay to touch his penis and explore it because he wanted to look at it and see how big it was and all of that and so it's okay but he should not be on the couch doing that where everybody can see him so you just talked about it and you said that you know that is bad touch so I just want to clarify that for me, I treat it a little bit different, but again, to each his own, you know? Yeah, I say it's bad touch when it's done in public. Yeah, so bad touch when it's done in public, yeah. So if they, but then, you know, just letting them know that it's okay to touch it, but you just should not be doing that in front of everybody. Yes. Yeah, okay, good. Because I was like, I just don't want people to get confused and think, <laughs> oh, it's bad. no, 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 I'm sorry. It's no, 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 it's okay. Yeah, I just wanted to clarify that because, you know, some people might have took that and run, ran with it. Yeah. yeah just in, not in public. Um, I just, I had experience with that with him. So it, it was kind of embarrassing. <laughs> but um, once again, it was due to what he was exposed to. So, you know, I had to explain to him, it's okay for you to do that. It's just where you did it is not a good place. yeah and so yeah yeah and it's it can kind of be uncomfortable too if you're not like open to the fact of because you know when my daughter was first touching herself down there I would tell her like you know don't do that or whatever and then you know I did a little research about it and found out that that is like totally okay and you know kids at that age are just curious and they want to explore their bodies and so I kind of shifted my mindset on that a little bit because again I just didn't want to be that mom where she's out in public and got her hands in her pants you know what I'm saying that's like gross (laughs) and then making sure that after you know they they explore their bodies that they're actually washing their hands and practicing like good hygiene too hygiene yeah true so how have you built up the level of communication with your son and how do you think that it's impacted his life I know you had a little story and if you can go into that like very briefly and tell us a little bit about the story and kind of how it 
you know, changed the communication that you guys had? And I know you said you started talking to him early on, but um, I don't know. Like, what are your thoughts now after you experienced this? Um, like, I, I don't want to call it like a traumatic experience, but it could be a traumatic experience. So, yeah, just talk about that a little bit. Okay, so, you know, as a single mom, you know, doing this alone, it can be a struggle. And I always look at um, raising a child, it's, this is your teammate. So you have to be on the same team. You have to, you know, communicate, um, have open door policy because it's me and this little person. So I always explain to him about good and bad touch, his body parts, all of you know, that concept, um, you know, my son experienced a traumatic event. I look at it as being traumatic because it has changed our lives, but I see that it has changed it for a positive matter. He was um, touched at a facility. Um, he, I was able to know about the situation right away because he knew what I taught him. He knew to tell me. He knew he felt uncomfortable. He knew that it, it you know, it was a bad touch. And it was someone that he he didn't trust, but he trusted them enough and he knew it wasn't right. So, you know, with that experience, it has once again changed our lives, but I see that it's an issue that's not talked about. Um, I went through a struggle of looking for resources and only thing I can turn to was Google. And it's, you know, I live in Chicago, so it wasn't many resources or outlets I can go to to help um, parents deal with this issue appropriately, you know. So I just want to be um, the person for someone else that may experience this event. Um, I want to develop a foundation for, you know, that parent or that that child or even the ones that was abused a long time ago and they're still just seeking help or just that outlet to talk about it. So my goal is to start a foundation to bring more awareness to this and to educate more parents and definitely a single single mothers, because once again, I have this uh, concept that we are a team. So you don't want anyone, you don't want your child to go on the other side of the team, and you don't understand why he's on the other side of the team, and it makes it really hard for you to parent if you don't know what happened, you know, or what what could have happened to this this child. So if you, I, I feel like this, if you develop this uh, line of communication, you educate your child, if this happens to them or has happened to them, they're able to talk to you about it and you can give them the help that they need. And you can, you know, start a new life from there. You know, you can't dwell on what happened. You just try to be, look at it in a positive manner and help others. Yes. Awesome. So, um, I am actually working on that with my daughter. Um, even though, you know, we talk about everything I feel, but I still feel like, you know, she is 
not there yet completely. It's like sometimes I literally have to pull things out of her and I have to figure out ways to ask her different questions. It's not as easy as I thought it would be since it's just me and her. Um, Because sometimes I find her saying, "Um, I don't know. I don't know. And I have to find ways to encourage her to like, actually speak what she's thinking because sometimes she'll just try to mask it by saying I don't know and I don't like that it makes me feel a certain type of way so I am trying to find ways to make her more comfortable where she just spits things out versus you know me having to work hard to pull it out of her so so just some words of inspiration for you it's really hard to try to teach your your child about feelings that's why Uh, we're in counseling for that um yeah and again like that is (laughs) yes that's something I need to do too do you do it like just um by yourselves like just doing your son or have you did like group with like other parents so it's just me and him we go because this is you know trauma so we go to a trauma therapist and it has been a lifesaver and I didn't realize that I was actually teaching my son all of the things um, to lead to this. You know, like, they they tell me all the time, like, a lot of parents do not educate their children on getting bad touch or their private parts or what to be aware of with pedophiles. You did all of that. So um, that made me feel good, <laughs> you know. I didn't think he was listening, but he actually was listening. And for him to tell me that is a huge thing because it's, you know, they, my therapist have explained to me that a lot of kids are being touched and they're not even aware that it's something that shouldn't be done because it's, it could be a family member. It could be, you know, once again, a daycare provider, someone there, another student, it could be, or another child doing that to them and they think that it's okay yeah it's bad it's kind of bad so you know just don't beat yourself up about them expressing about her expressing her feelings because they don't know how to feel so that's another like you know concept that you can work on as far as expressing um how they feel and I still struggle with that now yeah and moms if again yeah I think that moms you know we kind of struggle with that like it's something that you know we struggle with and like you said we don't really talk about it and so that's why we're talking about it today because we want you guys to be aware and take time to communicate their kids and oftentimes I think as single moms we're just so busy trying to do every single thing that we don't take time to communicate with our kids properly and so you know our time is taken up by you know various duties and tasks jobs and then social media you know it's really become a huge time stealer that it's taken away time from our kids and sometimes I have to you know pop myself on the hand like put your phone down and go spend some time with your daughter you know what I'm saying because you know they are only their age for a certain amount of time and then once that time has passed you can't get it back and you can't the things that you didn't teach them when they were younger sometimes it's harder to teach them when they get older because you haven't developed that um, level of communication with them and so 
you know, now they're afraid to talk to you. They they don't really trust you like you think that they should. And it's just hard. So I do think that it's important to um, begin the conversations at a young age. And, you know, I talked to you guys during single mom chat and you know, I was reviewing my 2018 goals. And one of them was to find a therapist and it's still on my list. And we're at October. So I am going to um, be working on that because I think that I could use some help in that area of, you know, communicating with my child too. Yes, yes. There's, uh, therapy, mental health <laughs> therapy, they are like gems. I love what they do. I'm happy I was open to the concept, of, you know, in our, our Black community, we don't believe in it, uh, going to therapy. Hey, Jalisa, can you talk up a little bit? I'm sorry. So um, therapists, I was stating that therapists is our gem in disguise. Um, as the Black community, we don't reach out to them. We look at it as being a stupid concept, but they actually are very helpful um, for you, for your own sanity, and also to help you with your child. Like, um and then to just piggyback on what you said as far as spending time, it has helped so much to just ask them, how was your day? And I've been stating that to him since um, he was able to, you know, have a full-blown conversation. So I just asked him, how was your day? Yes, I have to hear about, you know, this person said this and this person. But just to ask him that, and he looks forward to that conversation, you know, if that's that's the opener of you, you know, for them to communicate with you. That's because a lot of people don't know. Like, I don't know how to talk to my child about this topic. Ask them how 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 was your day? What happened? Really? This is what happened. How did it make you feel? And you will be surprised that they're able to express their feelings even if they just know happy sad or uncomfortable like if that's the only three feelings they're able to acknowledge that's something you know yes for sure and I do that with my daughter too but um I don't necessarily say how was your day sometimes I do but for the most part um when I pick her up from daycare I'm like when we get in the car and we're settled and I'm driving I'm like so McKinley how was school today what happened? What did y'all do? And normally she'll just, you know, like you said, she'll just spill all the story. Cause again, she's a talker. She loves to talk. And then she has to go through the day, um, by the morning, the afternoon. <laughs> and she just has to give me like all the details and tell me about, all, well, yes. mommy, did I tell you about Ella? Um, so Ella did not play with me today or something like that. And I'm like, how did that make you feel when Ella did not want to play with you? I don't know. I just found another fan of, to play with I'm like okay well that was good at least you found somebody to play with and you didn't let Ella make you sad you know so we have those conversations yeah. so that encourages her you know That's like good. you said to talk about her feelings mm -hmm. That's but, one step of uh, allowing them to acknowledge their feelings I, I feel like that's a step towards that because it yeah, is yeah 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 for sure so we did not really get into code words or secrets, but um, how do you actually discuss that with your son and like t 
telling him about strangers because I you know I think the common thing is that we tell our kids um, you know don't talk to strangers but I, ha- I think we have to take that a step further and kind of go into details with them okay they know not to talk to a stranger but what if a stranger tries to touch them or tries to talk to them and make conversation because you know if they just look and they walk past a stranger like it's okay but what about those strangers who are like you know gonna say something to them so, cold words. I didn't really um, know about this until therapy, so this has helped. Um, with the cold words, they, you know, I suggest that you use something that's common with that child or something significant about home or something, so they would know to identify. I'm in an uncomfortable space. I don't feel okay. Mom, can you help me? So my son likes to eat. (laughs) So he used, um, do we have ice cream? So with that concept, I know it's something wrong. And I'll say, um, you know, maybe I'll check the fridge or I have to check and see. So that's my way of saying, I'm on my way, or you're going to be okay, tell me that away. So that's just an example of what we use. Um, so it ha- it's actually been a lifesaver with me because now we use the code word for every situation. Like if he um, is at a store or he see a group of people that can, it looks like it could be dangerous, um, he'll say, Mom, do we have some ice cream? <laughs> this is just an example, and it's so cool. Like people, are like, oh, that's a cool, um, you know, cold word. We changed it, of course, but it's, you know, that was our way of communicating. Hey, I'm in danger. Can you help me? Or I don't feel comfortable. Can you help me? Um, without people knowing exactly what we're talking about. And sorry, what was the second question? So I was talking about, you know, strangers and how we actually go a little bit further than the normal don't talk to strangers. You know, I think we have to take it a step further. So due to the situation that happened, he's very, um, like, I don't, I don't want to say antisocial, but he's just not as friendly as he used to be. He'll do, so he knows now to have a guard in some ways, so if they speak, he speaks. It's like, don't touch me. You're too close to me. Who are you? And I've noticed we use some code words in stores because he, you know, just don't feel comfortable, and that's due to um, what happened to him, you know? So I think with strangers, you know, you teach them, of course, to treat everybody with respect. you know but if you you know help them identify with where they don't feel comfortable with someone you can use that code word so it's a matter of teaching them their emotions and then you know what to be aware of and if they feel comfortable or not and the code word like I need to go you know or mom can you save me so and that's just from my experience, you know, I don't know how people use the concept of a stranger. It's just, you know, we had to learn from firsthand of all people are not good people. 
Right. And I tell my daughter that all the time, like everybody is not going to be nice to you. And everybody that talks to you that acts like a friend is not a friend, you know, and she may not understand what that is. And I haven't really um, taken the time to kind of figure out how I can break that down for her. But it's uh, another thing that I'm going to be trying to work on. But yeah, I definitely um, think that is important to, you know, let them know that. Because, you know, once again, with the situation that happened, like, he set boundaries with everyone. Like, you know, who are you? I don't trust you. You're in my space. Yeah, and that is important, too. Like, teaching them, again, about those boundaries. But, yeah, so that is pretty much all I have, Jaleesa. Thank you so much for taking out the time to chat with me. Um, I really appreciate it. Do you have any final words for the moms that may be listening? And you can let everybody know where they can connect with you on social. Well, as far as moms, I hope that this story has inspired you to communicate with your child. Um, Open to, to look into family counseling and everything, you know, you you can't figure this stuff out on all on your own. So I do recommend that. As far as social media, um, I have not started up my foundation page, but you can you can follow my personal page. It's actually B U J A Y dot oh take that out because that's not right. <laughs> I have to okay. start over. It's it's B U J dot J A Y. And you really soon you'll see um, I will post the foundation page to get this started. I want to bring awareness. I want moms to get on board with communicating with their child. Let's save people. Let's save your child before this happens, you know. Awesome. And thanks again for sharing, Julissa, and taking out your time. I really do appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for giving me this platform. You are welcome. All right, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Jaleesa definitely dropped a lot of tips and I appreciate her sharing the experience that happened to her son, which caused her to want to talk about this. I definitely think that this topic is something that we should all be talking about a little bit more. If you found this episode helpful, please take a moment to leave a review, rate the podcast, and share with anyone else that you might feel can benefit from it. You can always follow me at Single Black Motherhood on Instagram and Facebook. You can also check out the website, www.singleblackmotherhood.com. Thank you guys so much for tuning in again. I appreciate it, and I will talk to you guys next week. Bye.